0: Hey guys, it is Christmas Eve 2020 and I am recording the second to last or possibly the last podcast of the year and what a year it has been. 2020 will for sure be remembered in the history books as well as in our own memories as one of the most challenging, most disruptive, most transformational years in, in our lives possibly in the immediate history that we've just lived. And I wanted to record an episode that was equally transformational and equally challenging or equally provocative. Because I find that when we are faced with a catalyst for our growth, it never feels comfortable. It never feels pleasant. It's always a little bit edgy, a little bit challenging, but that's what helps us get to our next level. That's what helps us grow. That's what helps us be more successful. And that's what helps us become better executives and better leaders in the workplace, as well as at home, any part of our life, really. So I just got off a coaching call that I had. It was a support session, intervention session for two of my clients who are in our fantastic group coaching program for female product executives. And this specific twosome or couple uh, who are paired as accountability partners, they had a little bit of a communication challenge going on. And so I supported them by getting on a coaching call and truly letting them break through to their next level in communications and in relationship. Because of course, how we show up in one relationship is how we show up everywhere. We repeat the same patterns. We have similar behaviors. We have similar attitudes. So I'm a huge, huge fan of actually having people work in small groups or couples for any work that they're doing developmentally or as part of a coaching program. It is an extremely, extremely useful developmental tool. So our conversation with these two actually brought some memories to an earlier point I made when I spoke at the women in product conference and that point of all the points I made during that speech resonated the most with people and had the most visceral reaction and the most kind of, you know, spontaneous and emotional response. And that was the point of don't be nice. Don't be nice. Prefer to be respected than be liked. And the reason I thought of it in the context of today's earlier conversation was because one of the people had expressed a desire. They they have a bit of a habit that is kind of like spinach in your teeth from a perspective of communication. And she had expressed a desire towards her partner that her partner will let her know if her partner is seeing her holding back, right? So she's trying to Work out an old habit she's trying to get to her next level, and the partner's reaction was, Oh, but it's not my place to do this, or yes, I will, but only if it's not too much, you let me know if I'm overstepping boundaries. so it was very interesting to observe, and of course, I stepped in and I offered this observation to them as well, and I hope that they really heard me and and that it looked like they kind of had had a moment there where they're breaking through to that next level of of communication and of relationship but the point here being is that not that you should be a mean person not that you should be cruel or insensitive or just evil right that's not the point here but the point is i see so many women in technology in these kind of positions of responsibility as product leaders I see too many of us default to being nice as a kind of blending survival mechanism, if you will. And that is because of a variety of cultural and environmental conditioning factors. But I truly believe a lot of women were raised to be nice, whereas boys will largely, you know, on average, probably raised to more to compete and to achieve whereas women were supposed to support and be nice. So we kind of equate being nice to not being in trouble, to doing the right thing, to doing what's expected of us, right? However, being nice has a very, very, very high cost. There is a difference between being nice and being considerate or being generous and being authentic. Nice, you can be nice and authentic, Or you can be nice and inauthentic, right? Whereas if you're authentic, where you're truly expressing yourself, where you're living your truth, then at times you will be nice, at times you will be strict, at times you will be demanding, at times you will be loving, at times you will be compassionate, at times you will be tough, right? So this is the difference I wanna drive home for you guys. That is the difference. So being nice has a high cost. And the high cost I see being paid by women in the workplace in two specific ways. One is their personal cost and the cost to their career and career trajectory. And the other is the cost to their relationships and to their reputation. So let's unpack these two. Let's start with the cost to your own career trajectory and success and reputation. And that's the point I made, that's one of the points I made in my 2020 Women in Product conference talk. It was about how being nice often pigeonholes women, especially women product managers, to the team mom, or the cheerleader, the support person, the coffee girl. One of the things I said that drew a huge visceral response in my talk was do not ever, ever volunteer to go get the coffee and donuts for a team meeting when you are talking about building product or building something of value. Because what you're doing is you're self-selecting to be the person who wants to be liked by the team and by doing things that add little value to the product or to the project to the goal yes it is important that people are fed and caffeinated and feel comfortable but you know is it the highest value for you are you the right person to go and do that or is there somebody else that you can ask or can you guys rotate or take turns or creatively figure out a way to spread that responsibility or at least, you know, not kind of automatically grab that role for yourself. Why? Because you are needed in that room. Your opinion, your voice, your perspective is needed in that room. And the coffee, you know, somebody else can go get it. When we are nice, we often opt out of opportunities to stretch ourselves to go in uncomfortable places to take on a debate to discuss something to face conflict with head-on but with maturity and wisdom and courage when we evade conflict when we evade debate discussion we often end up resenting whatever's happening Putting things and you know, keeping things inside, inside. Having a whole fest of suffering, like a suffer fest inside of ourselves, when everything could have been resolved and avoided if we had just met it head on as it arose and brought it up and resolved it, debated it, discussed it, were open, honest and authentic and courageous, courageous to be able to speak up and use our voice. I honestly think a lot of women in professional settings use niceness as an excuse to not use their voice, to be afraid, to chicken out, to not display the courage of stepping up and saying what is important to you. Yes, we use niceness as a cover up, as an excuse to not step up to that place which we're capable of stepping up to. If we were to give ourselves the opportunity and the courage to do it, we give ourselves a backdoor, an excuse. So we pay a price by constantly prioritizing niceness over authenticity and over courage and over growth and over results. And the price is that we forever stay the team mom. We forever stay the cheerleader. We forever stay the sweet little PM who, you know, will just the gopher, the person who's going to do everything. We're never going to be given the opportunity to lead because leadership takes courage and it takes the ability to sit in discomfort and it takes the ability to to be able to push through areas of discomfort, not to back down, to hold the line, to know what's important and stand up for it. Now, this doesn't mean that we become battering rams and there's no place for diplomacy quite the contrary we can be very diplomatic very wise and very effective in understanding human psychology and being building loving and trusting and intimate and beautiful relationships just hear me on this i'm talking about the price that you pay for prioritizing niceness as a behavior trait over authenticity and courage and truth for your own career growth. It's a high price to pay. The second price that you pay when you prioritize niceness over everything else is the quality of your relationships, the quality of the relationships. And that has a direct link to your reputation as a leader. So oftentimes, oftentimes the best types of relationships take a lot of courage and honesty. And that's very, very scary. In fact, I would dare to say that intimacy is the scariest thing we as humans can do because it means exposing ourselves, being vulnerable and authentic, being prepared to pay the price of the person being upset at you, being prepared to even lose a friend, but just caring so much for that person and seeing what's possible for them that you are, the battles that you do choose. So, you know, always in relationships, we say, choose your battles. Yes. But that doesn't mean don't choose any battles, like, you know, wave the white flag always. No, we have to choose certain battles, especially in relationships that are meaningful to us. These are close relationships we have at home, in the workplace, the people that really matter to us. And I highly recommend that you as a product leader have these types of relationships with your direct team at work, with your manager, with your direct reports. Because those types of relationships take courage. Most people don't like to squirm and sit in this hot seat for too long. They will prioritize niceness over honesty and over giving the the other person the opportunity to grow and develop Have you ever sat in kind of like around the table with somebody having lunch and maybe you had salad in your teeth? My teeth in recent years have taken on to trapping food and that's so annoying. So I know that I would sometimes have this experience where I'm eating with somebody and I have some green stuff stuck between my teeth And then I go to the bathroom and I see it and my heart sinks because I just realized that I've spent all this time talking about something and the person was probably just looking at the spinach in my teeth. And I get mad. I get annoyed at the person because the person didn't have the balls to tell me, Lisa, you got a bit of salad in between your teeth, you know, take care of it and let's continue our conversation. I would be like, thank you. Thank you for caring for me enough to be able to tell me I've spinach my teeth but so often we squirm away because it's a difficult conversation we squirm away because we don't want to sit down with this person on our team and tell them that look you have a way to go to get your good design sense you know a lot of what you're doing right now is just like very, very basic. You're committing some like really, really obvious mistakes. And let's get you on a plan. And like, do you, do you really want to, like, if you want to develop your design sense, if you want to work with higher quality designs and designers, if you want to have a seat at the table, when we talk about the construction of designs, then great. Then let's get you apprenticed. Let's get you trained by somebody else on the team, whether it's you know, a designer, somebody else who can, who can work with you, who can handhold you, who can give you these kind of little, little steps, who believes in you, who knows that you can get there. And let's put together a plan to get there, right? Because we're never good at everything. And we're never, we've never arrived at any, you know, we're, we're always summiting another summit. I love these mountaineering analogies, right? We're always climbing in the process of climbing we're always uncomfortable, a little bit uncomfortable. We're always stretching ourselves, right? So in the relationships that matter most to us, it is so, so, so important that we don't prioritize niceness over authenticity and intimacy and trust. If you have a family member that is struggling with addiction, but they're giving you the excuse of, no, I'm fine, or you know i'll stop or you know i'm you know this this thing is not a problem and you take that excuse at face value think of the disservice you're doing to that person and the whole family and your relationship right that person really needs your support in a different way not by saying oh poor little thing you're sick or oh poor little thing you know you can't do anything about this you're a victim." you can actually see their highest potential. You can see their strength. You can see what's possible for them and actually support them to break through to that next level. And that takes a good partner. That takes the partner who is willing to stay in the heat, who is willing to say some truthful things that may be painful or uncomfortable, who is willing to speak the truth even if it means the other person gets upset, drops the relationship, you know, are you? Do you care for your friend enough to risk losing their friendship if it's going to help them get to the next level that you know that they're capable of getting to? Now, very, very different flavor energetically than you coming in, swooping in to rescue someone, saying, oh, you poor little thing, you can't do this. Let mom or boss or manager come in and do this for you. That's horrible. That actually validates the person's victim story. If they're starting to speak of a victim story anytime they're facing a challenge, the last thing you want to do is validate their victim story because that's not the quality of relationships you want to build. You don't want to build relationships that stroke your ego. Oh, look at all these people who need me. Look at all these people who, you know, are so weak that they have to come to me miss strong whatever and also don't be an enabler don't validate somebody's victim story by stroking their ego and telling them how the whole world is unfair to them and this is so 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 unfair and of course they should be just wallowing in their victimhood feeling indignant and resentful about the whole thing you got to learn where to strike the balance for yourself but Look, if you don't want to be surrounded by victims, if you want to be surrounded by strong people who do amazing things and who live up to their own potential and who grow and develop and are just fantastic, interesting, fascinating people to be around with, then you got to be the type of friend, partner, boss, manager, employee who is worthy of such a person. So you gotta hold up your end of the bargain. And what that looks like is yes, pick your battles, but when you pick a battle that is worth fighting for, hold the line, speak the truth, be firm, gentle, compassionate, authentic, whatever you want to be, to be effective, whatever works for you to be effective, be that way, serve that person, see their potential, see their greatness, and hold the line hold the line, stay in the fire. And you will see not only your relationships transform, but you will see yourself naturally like cork, like the cork rises in water and floats. You will see yourself naturally being asked to take leadership roles because that, that right there, the disability to stay in the fire is what makes a true leader successful. So, Today on this beautiful Christmas Eve day, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, I encourage you to tap into the the quality of love and generosity that is so important in our relationships and truly appreciate how you can express love to those around you and that love has many faces and that at times love is going to look like sweet and bubbly and huggy and kissy. And sometimes love is going to look like toughness, strength, courage, honesty, truth. I wish you an amazing, amazing holiday season. And I will see you hopefully next week for the last podcast episode of 2020. Sending you lots of love.